hello 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 this is the single mom of purpose happy tuesday i am coming on to continue our book discussion it is called destroying the spirit of rejection receive love and acceptance and find healing and this is by john eckhart and can you guys believe we are in chapter nine okay so after chapter nine we have three more chapters to go and we are done with this book and i'm already claiming it we are going to be free from the spirit of rejection and everything that goes along with it okay so the first thing that it shares with us in chapter nine as always is a scripture the scripture is from nehemiah chapter two verses two through five And it says, Then I became very much afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should not my face be troubled when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates have been destroyed by fire? So the king said to me, What are you requesting about this matter? Immediately I prayed to the God of heaven and then said to the king, If this pleases the king, and if this might be good for your servant who is before you, then would you send me to Judea, the city of my father's tombs, so that I may rebuild it. Okay. And the the title (laughs) for chapter 9 is titled, Rebuilding the Gates and the Walls. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive right in. One of the first things that you need to understand if you are believing God for restoration in your life is that the enemy will fight to prevent you from being restored. He is not going to make it easy. You have to be determined. Okay? And this is true. Anytime you're trying to get through something, get over something, get past something, it is going to be a fight for your life. Okay, we are going to have to be determined, we are going to have to be focused, and we're going to have to continue to march on. Okay, because the enemy is not going to make it easy. He is going to throw everything at you that he can find. Okay, but we have to be stronger and we have to be battle ready because it's going to be a fight. Okay, so in this chapter i will use a story of nehemiah as a picture of what it means in the spirit to restore restore excuse me spiritual gates and walls in an individual's life physical cities during the time in which nehemiah lived had physical walls and physical gates to protect them from enemies at night they would close the gates they had the watchmen on the walls in the spirit we are like a city that has gates and walls If our spiritual gates and walls have been destroyed, it means the enemy has access to our lives. Walls and gates represent protection and entry points into a city. When a person's walls have been destroyed by sin, rebellion, trauma, abuse, hurt, or rejection, they don't have any protection from the enemy. He can come in and wreak havoc in the person's life. The only way you can protect yourself from demonic attack is to make sure your gates and your walls have been restored. In Nehemiah's day, the gates of the city were opened during the day and monitored. Watchmen were able to keep tabs on who would come and go. 
At night, the gates were closed so that the enemy of the city could not enter in. So the story of Nehemiah's restoring the walls and gate of Jerusalem is a picture of spiritual warfare. We need our gates and walls, the gates of our minds, our hearts, our emotions, and our souls to be closed to the enemy. We need our walls built up so the enemy cannot come and go as he pleases. Proverbs 25, 28 says, He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. This verse is telling us that you have no control over your temper, that if you do not have control over your temper, you get angry too quickly, or your emotions, you get depressed too quickly, then you don't rule your spirit. You are like a city that is broken down and without walls. You cannot allow your mind, emotions, or temper to be out of control. If you do, the devil will have access to your life. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. That's Ephesians 4, 26-27. In my years of ministry, I have seen what happens when people have no self-control. They don't control their tongues, tempers, thoughts, or emotions. They allow themselves to get into depression for weeks at a time. They get angry. They say anything. They do anything. They lose it too quickly. And then the enemy comes in and destroys their life. This happens because they are like an open city without walls, no restraint, They have given place to the devil and have become a walking target for his schemes. He can now enter in and destroy and devastate their lives. Initially, the enemy tries to destroy us through trauma, sin, rebellion, rejection, and so on. Deliverance is one of the ways we get restored. Everyone has gone through something in life, and we all need some restoration somewhere. Some people more than others. Some people have been molested, raped, physically and verbally abused, hurt and or rejected. As a result, they are bitter, angry, addicted and bound. The enemy has tried to destroy their lives. Everyone needs healing and restoration. That's what deliverance is all about. The spirit of shame. Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4. Emphasis added. They said to me, The remnant that returned from captivity is there in the province, enduring great affliction and reproach. Also, the wall of Jerusalem remains broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. Then I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So here's a picture. The remnant of Israel were greatly afflicted, which means they were tormented, oppressed and poverty stricken because of their captivity in the broken down state of jerusalem they bore heavy reproach which correlates with shame the spirit of shame is one of the worst demons that can come into your life no one likes to run down and beat up no one likes to be run down and beat up in life no one likes to be whipped defeated afflicted poor broken devastated and oppressed it's shameful It's embarrassing because God did not create us to be shamed. When you meet a person whose life has been devastated, even though they may not say it, there is a shame that the enemy has put on them. 
what i hate about the devil is that he destroys your life and then he tries to make you feel bad about it he beats you down he's the instrument sometimes it's a rebellion but he's the instrument then he tries to beat you down with hopelessness despair despondency discouragement depression doubt and unbelief you catch yourself thinking or saying things such as i'll never get out of this this is horrible i can't do any better the devil wants to beat you down and i'm going to share when we get to that place because we've been there we've all been there if we want to admit it or not we have to turn those negative things around to a positive so instead of saying i'll never get out of this i will get out of this i am coming out of this this is not where i want to be right now but i'm going to get to where i need to be at and it's you know the other thing was i can't do any better i will be better this situation is going to be turned around we have to find those positive ways to turn around our negative situations so we can empower ourselves we can encourage ourselves because a lot of us don't have that person in our corner that's going to be our accountability partner a lot of us don't have someone that's speaking life into us. We have to be that person for ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we don't want to share with others what we're going through because everybody isn't so, um, uh, what's the word? Everyone isn't so uh, pleasant when you share things with them. You know, they may be a negative person themselves because they may have something going on. So you have to know when you who you can go to you know because you can't go to everybody um so many times we're gonna have to be that encouragement for ourselves and even though it's hard we have to do it because we don't want the enemy to win we want him to be defeated okay okay so nehemiah's name means jehovah comforts we know that the holy spirit is known as a comforter so in this season of restoration in Israel's history, Nehemiah served as a type of the Spirit of God. One of the assignments of the Spirit of God is to restore, heal, and help you get your life built back up. Nehemiah is a picture of the work of the Spirit of God and restoring us and healing us. Deliverance is a work of the Spirit. It is not the work of a man by which people come and get delivered. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. So any work we do is not by might or power. It is by the Spirit of God. A man cannot deliver or restore you. It takes God to restore you. All a man can do is give you medicine, pills, and try to cover up the damage done, most of the time getting you bound by something else. Only the Spirit of God can come into your life and take stuff out and build stuff up. Yes, he uses men like Nehemiah to be his hands and feet. He also uses the Word. Okay, the next section we're going to is titled, A Broken Contrite Spirit. In Nehemiah 1.4, it says, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. Then I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Notice that restoration always begins with a broken, contrite spirit and with prayer and fasting. 
when a person's life is devastated one of the best things he can do is to humble himself and weep the bible says the lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the contrite of spirit psalms 34 18 fasting humbles the spirit as i've mentioned previously fasting and prayer are foundations to restoration especially with strong cases where there is a great amount of desolation Weeping also shows godly sorrow, which as 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, brings repentance that leads to salvation. You will notice that shortly after Nehemiah weeps and mourns, he petitions God with repentance on behalf of the people of Israel. I often encourage people who come for deliverance whose lives are really devastated and messed up to spend some time fasting and praying. If your life has been, has been seriously devastated, you should consider fasting as well. It doesn't mean you have to fast for 40 days. You can just fast a day. Fast a day of, deli- of deli- deliverance appointment. Fast one or two days. Fast three days. This is serious. You need the help of God. You need God to intervene. And if it's one thing that God responds to, it is to a contrite spirit. He responds to people who humble themselves, and fasting brings humility. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that some kinds of demons only come out through fasting and prayer. Matthew 17, 21. Fasting also shows that you are serious. I have known people who want to be delivered and have a deliverance ministry encounter coming up, but they won't fast and pray. They they won't do any pre-work they're not really serious they want people to pray for them and minister to them they want a miracle but they are not really serious enough about seeing restoration in their life to fast pray mourn or do what they need to do to receive the level of help they need you have to be serious and believe that your life is worth living worth fighting for and worth being restored deliverance and restoration are for people who really want it For those who see their condition and say, God, only you can do this and I am going to do what it takes. I'm going to press through. I'm going to get my healing. Okay, I'm going to break off right now. I wanted to share something. I haven't told anyone this. Um, But since I've been sharing um, this book with you guys and going over the chapters, I have, I started fasting and praying. I'm actually in my sixth week. I fast three days out of the week. Okay, I've been doing that for six weeks. And I want to tell you, it helps. I've noticed a difference. Um, And you have to be committed. This is something that I want to be destroyed. I want the spirit of rejection to be destroyed in my life. I want it to be removed. I want it to be... Uh, dealt with okay so I'm serious about this I'm not just doing this for the podcast I'm not just doing it uh, just because I'm showing God that I am serious about this now that I know what the issue is I want it gone okay so that's what I've been doing Um, but if you're serious about this you have to decide you have to pray and you'll get your, your time frame I prayed about it, and that was the days that I was given, three days. Okay, so let me get back to the book. Some people just give up. 
They want the easy way out. They don't want to do any praying. They want pastors, prophets, counselors, and intercessors to do all the work. They want us to use our anointing to be set free, but they won't read the word, pray, repent, and fast. They keep coming to the altar with the same devils because they haven't spent any time humbling themselves. Those who are serious about restoration are the ones who are on their way to it. This is not some. Well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. If not, that's okay. No. This is your life. Get in the right posture and get ready for God to work a miracle of restoration in your life. And let me say this. I know that, you know, pastors, prophets, and counselors and intercessors, they're all necessary. But like the book says, this is a personal thing. This is your life. Like, this is my life. I'm not going to my pastor. I'm not going to another prophet. I'm not going to an, an intercessor. I could intercede on myself. That's why it says fast and pray. Okay? I can fast and I can pray myself. I don't need anybody else to do the work for me because this is my thing. Just like I said, everybody's not going to be passionate about it because it's not them. Yes, intercessors go into intercede for the things that they're supposed to do for that you know whatever god gives them whatever their prayer assignment is they're going to do that this you have to take ownership over your own stuff sometimes it may sound harsh it may say sound rude but this is your life your issue just like it's mine so i am very serious about this I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray on my own. If anyone else says, you know, I, I've noticed something that's going on, I'm going to, you know, p- partner up with you. I'm going to um, intercede for you. That's all good. But we don't have to go to the pastor for everything that happens in our life. We don't have to do that. Okay, we can go to God for ourselves. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people, they are so hung up on their pastors. Oh, pastor this and pastor that. Look. Y'all better get serious about y'all stuff and stop running to other people to get it done because they're not going to be as as serious about it as you are because it's your thing, okay? The process of rebuilding and restoring. When you begin to seek restoration, the enemy will not like it. The devil will do everything in his power to stop it. He does not want your gates or your walls restored. He wants you to remain in the same shameful, desolate condition. So the first thing that happened in Nehemiah's story was that these enemies, Sanballat and Tobiah, began to plot and oppose the rebuilding of Jerusalem's walls. It was really none of their business because Nehemiah had legal orders from the king. You see how the enemy works? He will use other people to do his dirty work. Sambalot and Tobiah needed to mind their own business. But just like in those Bible days, we have people like that in our lives. Now, girl, you don't need to get rid of that spirit of rejection. You fine. Don't don't be worried about who rejecting you. Just just ignore them. No, we're going to deal with this thing. Okay, because we've seen in this book that this rejection that spreads out here, there, and everywhere. We don't need all that foolishness in our life. Okay, so don't, don't don't let anybody tell you that you don't have to work on yourself. Girl, you fine. No, I'm not. Okay, I am jacked up for the floor. And that, that that's not something that we want. We don't want that. Okay, we want to be our best so God can use us. Okay, not saying we have to be perfect. 
but we want to be free of anything that the enemy could use against us okay so let's continue let's see stay focused don't get distracted one thing i love about nehemiah is that he never allowed his enemies to distract him from what he had to do don't allow anything to distract you stay focused don't allow people and they say mama daddy sister brother dog cat or anyone to cause you to lose your focus this is your life don't let your enemies cause you to lose focus Sanballat even told Nehemiah he wanted him to come down and talk to him. Nehemiah said, there's nothing to talk about. Who are you? Nehemiah wouldn't leave his work to go and talk with Sanballat and his cronies because he was not willing to be distracted, even by something seemingly as good as negotiating. Don't even negotiate with the devil. Your deliverance and restoration process is not up for negotiation. There is nothing to talk to him about. It's unfortunate that people, when they start moving toward deliverance, allow everything to distract them. They allow people and situations to stop them. You cannot allow anything to distract you. You have to remain focused, committed, and dedicated to seeing every area of your life rebuilt and restored. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in other things that have nothing to do with your restoration. Okay, let's see. Okay, the first thing Nehemiah did as he came upon the area needing repair was survey the situation. Sometimes it's good to sit down and survey what your situation is. Write out what you have gone through. Have you been hurt? Yes. Have you been rejected? Yes. Have you been molested? Yes. Have you been abused? Yes. Have you been divorced? No. Haven't even been married yet, but that's another story. Do you have a broken heart? Yes. (laughs) Have you been through any traumatic situations? Yes. Are you bitter? a little bit of bitterness are you angry nah, not angry i've gotten over that already what has happened in your life what has happened in your life in the past okay moving on this is not the time to get religious and say that you have a silent prayer request prayer is not silent ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock They that call upon the Lord, it's okay to tell someone what you're dealing with. Now, sometimes it is shameful, but you ought to be able to trust the person who is praying for you. Okay, we did talk about it. You got to trust these folks now. It is shameful a lot of the time what people have gone through. Sometimes the Spirit of God will show ministers what it is. Okay, other times you'll have to tell them. Some ministers or counselors have surveys or checklists of common issues or challenges people faced throughout their lives. They may ask things such as, have you been involved in a cult? Heck no. Have you been rejected, hurt, or traumatized, or have bad things happen in your life? Yes. What is your major struggle? Do you have problems with your temper, anger, worth, or lust? Have you had multiple relationships with people? 
Do you have difficult make, get that, difficulty making decisions or committing to a course of action? Have you been in and out of churches? Have you been in a physical accident? Has someone close to you died? Who or what has hurt you? Who has abused you? So again, it is good to be able to access what you're dealing with in the spirit. It's good to have a target. You can do the same kind of surveying even in self-deliverance. There are some people who have made it a practice to journal and write out what they go through on a regular basis. Many times they are able to walk themselves through deliverance, keeping their hearts and minds clear and any breaches in their walls and gates closed up. I've known people who have become physically sick on the day that they have gathered up enough courage to come for deliverance. Some start having migraine headaches. All kinds of crazy things start happening because the enemy wants to make them feel that the process of restoration is crazy and may not be for them right now. Nehemiah, representing the Comforter, shows us that the Spirit of God will never allow any person or anything to stop him from his assignment to heal you and deliver you. He has been sent by God to be your helper. Nehemiah 4.9 Nevertheless, we pray to our God, and because of them, we set a watch for them day and night. Get a prayer partner. Get connected with a prophetic person, a watchman who will watch with you, who will be faithful to you through the restoration process, and who knows how to intercede and stop the attacks of hell against your life. Don't try to do it by yourself. Find a mature, spirit-filled believer and say, Look, I'm going through deliverance. Can you pray for me? Excuse me. Can you help watch with me? I'm dealing with this. Solicit the support of an altar worker or your pastor. Get support from someone who will stand with you and watch and pray because the enemy wants to sabotage what God wants to do in your life. And sometimes getting those one or two believers to pray with you can make all the difference. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. Ecclesiastes 4.12 Let's see. Okay, quite a few more pages here. Let me see where I'm going to go next. Okay. Deliverance is the clearing out process. It is a process for getting rid of rubbish so that we can get the walls built back up. The Spirit of God will use the ministry of deliverance to clean out the rubbish, to clean out the demons, to clean out the uncleanness, uncleanliness, and to get to the garbage out of your life that doesn't make sense okay it takes a lot of strength to do that it takes deliverance workers who are strong in prayer and you have to be strong enough as well don't fight the deliverance session longer than it was necessary or don't force the deliverance session longer than it was necessary sometimes the spirit of god will have you stop and you won't feel the anointing to pray anymore the spirit of god will check and say okay let's stop then you can bless the person and let them know that sometimes the rubbish doesn't all get hauled away on one day. You have to follow the Spirit of God. Remember, deliverance is His work, and sometimes it happens little by little. Okay? So just that we have that understanding so you don't get discouraged, because this 
sometimes it doesn't happen right away okay let's see understand that the battle is not yours nehemiah 4 17 through 20 those rebuilding the wall and those hauling the loads were working with one hand doing the task but with the other hand holding the weapon for the builders everyone had his sword bound to his side even while rebuilding the trumpet blower blower worked beside me I said to the nobles, the rulers, and to the rest of the people, the work is vast and over a large area. Since we are spread along the wall far from each other, assemble to us there at the place where you hear the trumpet sounded. Our God shall fight for us. You need to get your Bible and underline that last sentence. You must understand that the battle is not yours. It belongs to God. It's his battle. God will fight for you. You are not alone. The whole principle here is that Nehemiah was undermanned. He said, we are spread along the wall far from each other. They didn't even have enough men on the wall to properly defend it. But Nehemiah trusted that God had sent him and that no matter what was against him, he would prevail. One of the things you need to understand if you're going to have victory in warfare and deliverance is that God is for you. Who can be against you? Romans 8.31 No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Isaiah 54.17 God is on your side. God wants to see you through and he will help you fight. Hmm. Let's see. Once you get restored... You must allow the word of God to work in your life. You must become a student of the word. You'll not be able to maintain your gates and walls without the word. Restoration is not a come, get healed, and go home type of process. The word of God is the only thing that can keep you and preserve you. Okay, some people want to come and just get prayer. You bless me. But they don't want to study, hear, or walk according to the word. They just want someone to wave their hand over them and they receive a miracle. They don't want to pay the price of studying the word of God. Okay, now I'm going to share that studying the word of God is a requirement. Especially if you're a Christian, okay? If you're going to be get, get uh, delivered or healed from anything, you have to have the word in you to use it against the enemy when he comes up against you because like the bible not the bible i'm sorry the book already told you what i told you as well it's not going to be easy when you're trying to get free from something the devil's going to be hot on your trail trying to get you off track trying to distract you trying to do whatever in his power to get you not to get healed and get delivered okay so we use that word against him that's our weapon against him Okay, we have to know it to say it. Okay, rejoice and enjoy the fruit of your labor. Nehemiah 8, 17, 18. All the congregation who had returned from captivity made booths and lived in them. Not since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, to that day had the children of Israel done so. And there was a tremendously great feast. And day by day, from the first day to the last day, excuse me, He read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly as required. 
This verse is describing the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a feast of gathering and harvest. It was the most joyful of all the feasts, bringing in the harvest signals that it's money time. It's time to celebrate. The Feast of Tabernacles shows that once we are restored, we become God's tabernacle. He dwells in us. Where the presence of God is, there is joy, rejoicing, and celebration. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10 You need the word and you need tabernacle. You need God's presence, God's anointing, and God's glory. You need joy, rejoicing, celebration, and harvest. You need to be in that kind of atmosphere. The word praise and presence those are the three things that result when you start getting restored. When you start getting restored, you start enjoying the word. You can hear and understand the word. You are able to rejoice and enjoy God's presence. When your life is all messed up and you are confused and tormented, it's hard to understand the word. It's hard to walk in the word. It's hard to enjoy God's presence. It's hard to enjoy joy and celebration but once you are healed and restored you can have life and have it more abundantly you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory you can have the word of God in your life you can be protected and you can close every gate and every door to the enemy when your gates are restored it means that your authority is restored The devil no longer can do to you what he wants. When your gates are restored, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. Your power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy is restored. See Luke 10, 19. People whose gates are messed up have no authority. The devil just does what he wants to do in their lives. When you're restored, your authority is restored. You can say, no, Satan, you can't have my family, my finances, my body, or my mind. Sickness, I bind you. Poverty, I bind you. Depression, no. Sickness, no. Defeat, no. Lust, no. Perversion, no. Sin, no. Rebellion, no torment no affliction no rejection no you cannot run my life my gates are restored satan i have power and authority over you in isaiah 58 we are challenged to be the repairers of the breach to restore the broken foundation in other people's lives Just as the restoration of Israel provided a lesson and strategy for us, so too will our restoration be a help and testimony to others of the faithfulness of God. You will be one whom others can ask to stand with them as they war and fight for their restoration. This is a hope you can count on. You will be made whole. Your walls will be built up and you will not be a city broken down and without walls. You'll be fortified and protected from the enemy. You can live in safety and prosperity. 
the enemy would no longer be able to do what he wants to do in your life okay so that's chapter nine again the title of that is rebuilding the gates and walls and that what i just shared is the highlight of the whole chapter you know this is the thing once we get delivered from anything in our lives okay we have that ability to help other people get delivered and healed from that same thing because we've done the work we know what the process is we know what we have to do so we can share that with other people okay that's why it's, it's so important we just can't just give over our power to the enemy and say okay do whatever you want no i'm sorry we're not having that i'm not having that okay i'm getting my gates and my walls rebuilt so i can block all the access that you thought you had okay but now that i know what, what i'm dealing with we're going to shut it all down okay i'm back in control and once i get control of my life i'm going to help other people get control of theirs okay that's what it's all about that's what the kingdom of god is about okay once we get healed and delivered we can help other people okay we can't hold everything inside like, oh, i'm good i don't care about anybody else that's not how we're supposed to be as christians okay we can't be that way we can't we really can't we can't at least i can't be that way i'm sorry um i just can't i can't you know and that's why um many of us are called and chosen to do certain things for the kingdom of god because there are so many people that claim to be a child of god but they won't help other people okay they get to a certain status they get to a certain level anything that they've done everything that they have to do um and i've always had a problem with that always had a problem with that um but yeah i I can't be that person i can't be that person seeing someone else going through something and i know i've gone through it myself and i'm just gonna sit there and just let them do it on their own and not try to help them or offer them any type of assistance i I just can't that's why i do these podcasts because i want to share you know my experiences i want to share just like this book you know what I've learned from this book what I'm still learning from this book and just from chapter one to chapter nine seeing the difference feeling the difference um and just feeling free you know and it's it's such a good feeling and how can I keep that from somebody else um so that's why I do a lot of what I do this is why I wrote the books that I've written you know shared my experiences with with people um that's why i've been writing this blog since 2016 sharing uh christian content um you know it's like how can you claim to be a christian but you don't want to help other people that's not what being a christian is about you just you just can't sit on the sidelines and watch other people go through things jesus didn't do that um God doesn't do that. Jesus gave his life for Christians, for God's children. It's like, so we're just going to sit back and just let other people go through stuff? That that can't be me. That can't. So I'm going to continue to come on here. I'm going to continue to um, share what's, you know, place on my um, spirit to share. Um, 
gonna finish this book we're probably gonna go into another book I'm probably gonna be still doing other stuff um, other subjects or topics that I come up with in my own life and I just want to share with other people you know because I know I'm not the only one that goes through things um, but yeah I enjoy doing this I really do because I, I feel like I'm helping people you guys still listen <laughs> you always come on and you know click on that link so so appreciative so appreciative I so appreciate you guys um, I pray that this book is helping somebody like it's helping me I pray that we're going to we're going to get free from the spirit of rejection anything that comes with it we're going to get free from this thing okay reject it no more we don't care about people rejecting us because we know it's not about us. Many times when we're rejected, it's not about us. Other people aren't perfect. Other people aren't better than us. They have issues as well, okay? A lot of time, people do things because they have an issue with another person, okay? We may be further along than they are, and people get upset with that. But it's not our issue, so they're going to reject us on that, okay? It happens, it happens a lot in the world and in the church, sad to say, um, but that's been my experience. Um, so again, thank you. This is a single mom of purpose. Um, we're just getting finished with chapter nine in the book, Destroying the Spirit of Rejection, Receive Love and Acceptance and Find Healing by John Eckhart. Um, you can find my books on Amazon. You can check out my website, www tamaramccarthyenterprises.com I have a Facebook group for Kingdom Women called Kingdom Gales you can find me on Instagram I'm the single mom of purpose I also have Kingdom Gales Ministries on there and I'm also going to share my email address because if you guys have anything that you want to ask me about any type of questions um, have any type of prayer requests anything like that I'm down for that okay so my email address is going to be singlemomofpurpose at gmail.com, okay? Again, thank you. I'll be coming on probably later in the week to continue to chapter 10. Um, I pray that you guys had an awesome weekend. Your week has started off amazing, that the rest of your week is just awesome as well, that you will be blessed, that you will receive endless favor um, from our Heavenly Father that you will start to feel like you are rejected no more okay rejection is not going to be a part of us anymore we are getting past this and over this okay so again i will talk to you guys shortly have an amazing evening